All right, welcome to Routine Expedition, the first official unofficial podcast dedicated to the land of the lost. I am one of your co-hosts, Sawtooth Frank, and I am here with my other two co-hosts. Go ahead, co-host. Cool name, Chris. I'm I'm uh, taking uh, suggestions for a cooler name than just Chris. So, oh, if anyone has anything in mind, don't be shy. In this, I think cool name Chris sounds pretty good. And this is Hogshank. Well, hello, Chris, and hello, Hogshank. Thank you for returning after a month away. I am excited that we are reconvening to do Season 1, Episode 2 of The Land of the Lost, called The Slee Stack God. And that's what we're going to call this episode. The Slee Stack God, or Salisa Staka. Right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, um, I'm excited. Our first episode was received with much fanfare and excitement by the community. The reviews have been great. The buzz it's generating has been great. Mm. So um, thanks in no small part to um, to you two, my, um, my faithful, um, insightful, witty co-hosts. So thanks for coming back. And, uh, Our pleasure. Thanks for believing in us. Yes, yes. Belief is a big part of this. We've got a mattress money is going to come pouring in any minute. Yep, yep. And um, we won't say who, but we have been approached by a major um, uh, manufacturer of custom orthotics. Mm. Yes. So now, without further ado, we want to ask people um, to please um, subscribe. Download and um, share this, the um, um, the Routine Expedition podcast with your friends. We're excited by the reception that episode one received, and we are excited for future growth. And we're not going to get that growth unless you talk about it with your friends. So share it. And really... This is a refreshing callback to days of yore, um, being the 1970s. So, um, share that refreshment, please. <laughs> um, and also, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, okay? Um, so, um, without further ado, I'm going to roll us into Land of the Lost-related news okay we're going to talk a little bit about yep and here we go okay it's called you've got skylons and that's when the aerial pylons called skylons appear to us and tell us about things that are happening um in the world related to land of the lost now this story we want to share with you is not necessarily about land of the lost in particular um, but it involves um, dinosaurs, so we thought it was interesting. We wanted to talk about it. Um, now, back in February, um, uh, 
there was a new um, species of Tyrannosaurus discovered. Um, now, this thing has been named by scientists um, the Reaper of Death, if you can believe this. <laughs> um, and it's a Canadian Tyrannosaurus. It was found in um, it was found in Canada, of all places. Mm. I didn't know they had Canada. yeah. I didn't know they had um dinosaurs up there. Now, um, it's a large. So I'm going to read this for a second. It was found in southern Alberta. Okay, um, and like a typical um, like a typical American. I honestly can't tell you where in Canada, Alberta is. Does anybody know? Sorry, no. Okay. Um, Chris, any idea? Alberta? I am woefully ignorant of Canadian ways. Okay. Um, yeah, well, okay. So we're not going to let that hold us up. I'm going to read you a little bit about this this creature. It's a large bipedal carnivorous dinosaur that lived about 79 million years ago making it the oldest known Tyrannosaurus in North America. Sorry, Grumpy. You're out. The Reaper of Death is older than you. Um, let's see. Uh, it was discovered by John DeGroot, a farmer and amateur paleontologist. So he found the creature's jawbone in 2010 while he was hiking. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Yeah. I think he's skyrocketing out of the amateur ranks finding this thing. I mean, he's yep. no, probably no longer an amateur. He's No. Yeah. He's no, pretty this, good. I, I think this is enough to qualify him as a professional. Right? I mean, you find a um, a new species of dinosaur. Um, you got to be taken seriously. Now, um, and a Tyrannosaurus nonetheless. So that's why I wanted to bring this up and mention it to our... Um, to our, our podcast community here. Um, now, this thing, I think, um, could give Grumpy a uh, run for its money. Um, sorry, Grumpy. <laughs> you better watch out. Now, what about Big Alice? Do we think um, this thing could take on Big Alice? Well, I think... Big Alice and uh, Grumpy are pretty evenly matched. So if you can take on Grumpy, then by extension, it can probably take on her. Yeah. And, um, probably not both of them at once, though. You, you raise actually a really interesting, um, a really interesting um, idea, um, Hogshank. Um, I believe at some point in Land of the Lost, Grumpy and Big Alice have a throwdown, don't they? Ooh. That is my memory, too. Yeah, I can't wait till we get to that episode. That's going to be exciting. Um, I can't wait to review that one. And I I honestly can't remember um, if it is indeed an even match or if um, one of the two prevails. Well, the deal is, if I remember correctly, it's Puppet Grumpy against Claymation Alice. Ooh. Oh, really? Rubber versus no. clay. <laughs> no. Yeah, that that is a that is a match for the ages. Wow. Um, that reminds me of, um, Friday night, <laughs> but well, we won't talk about that here. Oh boy. Rubber versus clay. Who will win? Um, okay. 
All right. Anything else we want to say about this um, Reaper of Death, this Canadian um, Tyrannosaurus? No, but it sounds like a new variety of hot pepper rather than Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> That's true. It does. Or perhaps some paleontologists that listen to a lot of metal. That name is pretty brutal. Yeah. I. Um, There's no question of what that thing does. Yeah. It shreds. Yeah. Yeah. And... um. As an aside um, to our um, to our fans, I'll just mention I saw um, Slayer earlier this year, the band, on their farewell tour. And I think they may have had a song called Reaper of Death. I'm not sure. As they should. Yep, about Tyrannosauruses. Yep. Um, friendly, friendly Tyrannosauruses from the north. A. A. Um, okay. All right, well... Um, I think we're going to um we're going to jump into talking about episode 2 of season 1 of Land of the Lost. Okay? Now, this one aired uh, on September 14th of 1974. Um for all of you who are wondering, I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode. I was born in the year 1974. Your old pal Sawtooth. Mm. Yep, in March. So I was six months old, I believe, if my math is right. Hold on, March. March to April to May, June, July, August, September. Yeah, look at that. Um, That's math, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, yep, you saw it You saw it here. Um, um, hold on, let's see if Grumpy approves. Yep. He's into it. Yep, Grumpy approved of my math. Um, so... Um, I was six months old when this came out. This one was directed by Dennis Steinmetz. Dennis Steinmetz. And was also written by the writer of episode one, David Gerald, um, who um, Hogshank informed us um, on the last episode is actually quite a big deal in the world of science fiction. So... Um, I mentioned before that one of the things that I've I've heard over and over again about Land of the Lost is um, that it's a show written by, um, at least in the early seasons, um, it was written by people held in high regard in the science fiction community. And uh, Mr. Gerald apparently is one of those people. Okay? I'm a, I want to chime in, and, and I did a little <clears throat> IMDb, IMDb search on uh, Dennis Steinmetz. and Yep. His range was unbelievable. Um, Land of the Lost appears to be one of the first uh, credits he's got. Um, but he moves on to The Bold and the Beautiful huh. in the 80s. Santa Barbara, another soap opera. The all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Hmm. I mean, that's, wow. that's, uh, that is that's some variety there. Genre crossing. And yeah. that's, that's Mr. Steinmetz? Yes, he's... he's okay. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't um, directing puppets and claymation translate into hospital soap operas? You're solving problems no matter what it is. And you know what? I think um, Wesley, you're actually um, later on starred in some of those types of soap operas. And oh, maybe wow. they were directed by Mr. Um, Steinmetz. Steinmetz. Good Who knows? Know. We'll have to dig into... Um, IMBD a little bit, but if anybody out there listening to this knows the answer to those questions, um, 
definitely hit us up on our Facebook page, on our Instagram, and let us know. Okay? So, um, without further ado, um, I think I'm going to kind of move into um, recapping the episode. Um, the Slee Stack God. So, hang tight. So what's going on here? What's going on? All right, I'm going to answer that question now. What is going on here in Season 1, Episode 2, The Sleestack God? So, um, we obviously have our opening sequence and theme song. We talked about that, I think, at length um, in Episode 1 of this podcast, so we won't do that again. Um, I will mention, though, we're still doing our Wesley Watch and the opening credits still list Wesley Yor as just Wesley, the one named Wesley. A.K.A. Wesley. Yep. <laughs> no other name. He's just Wesley, okay? Well, He's, he was embarrassed. Well, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to believe that that's not intentional. And um, Well, he is the Wesleyest show on earth. Absolutely. Unlike Cher. He's the, the Wesleyest Wesley we know. Wesley. Yes. Nobody needed to hear that. Sorry. Um, sorry to my co-hosts. Um, Hog, Shank, and Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. Um, I could do it again. Ready? Wesley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think twice is enough. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Hogshank. All right, enough of the Wesley watch, but we all agree we still need to continue the Wesley watch, right? Absolutely. We? We, got, we got to get to the bottom of this. Yep. We have to continue it. Um, we will see... Until, until we get him on the show as a guest to find out what was really going on, we have to keep um, Yes. Um, have to keep hammering this point. Yeah, Mr. Yor, um, we implore you, if you're listening to this and you want to shed some light on this mystery... If you want to end the Wesley watch, you could appear on the soft serve pod. I mean, sorry, that's my other podcast. I apologize. Maybe uh, that after this one. Yeah, you um, you could appear on Routine Expedition. Yeah, the first. Yep, the first official unofficial Land of the Lost podcast. Okay, there's none better. So you could appear here and you could explain to us if you want to end the Wesley watch, but we're going to continue it. Um, until either we hear from you or we get confirmation from the Land of the Lost opening credits um, that you are Wesley Yore and not just Wesley, okay? All right, enough about the Wesley watch. Okay. Wesley! <laughs> Wesley! All right, so we're going to jump into the episode. Um, so this episode, The Sleestack God, Season 1, Episode 2, opens um, with the marshals hanging out in the cave. Now, they've got a very big problem. They are thirsty. Okay? Um, And I think Holly even says, I'm thirsty! And um, Rick says, well, um, you gotta go get some water, kids. Gotta go get some water. Um, And Holly's like, I'm okay, no problem, Dad. I'm gonna go get that water. And he's got two of those old school um, clear water jugs with the little red caps. 
the ones um, that kind of collapse down real small yep, if you wanted to. Yep, yep, you can That's squish like them. Like Coleman. Yes, Coleman. Oh my gosh. I'm sure that plastic doesn't leach it all into the. <laughs> no, uh, it's quality. Yeah, it's full of BPAs, <laughs> and if if. Uh, Go ahead, Did you Hunter. notice in the scene that they're fixing the basket that Grumpy bit last um, last episode? Is that what they were doing? They're working on a broom, too, that, maybe. I think that's what they're well. doing. There is, there is a similar basket in there. Yeah. Okay. So um, already we're seeing some attention to continuity, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, so they're repairing yeah. the basket. Um, and... Um, Rick is like, um, you know, you can't go alone, Holly. You can't go get this water by yourself. Um, it's dangerous out there. It's dangerous. Um, there's a uh, Pacuni out there. There's Grumpy. Um, Spot is running around out there. We know that. We saw Spot in season. We saw a Spot in episode one. There are those pterodactyls that we saw. Yep, those pterodactyls are out there. And um, Rick is like, you got to bring Will with you. And Holly gets super mad. She's like, I-, I can do it by myself. And Will and Will is like, nope, I'm coming with you. And that's that. And off they go to get the water. They take the jugs. Now, Wait, do you, actually... think that Rick is, do you think Rick is trying to get both of his kids killed? <laughs> that seems like a surefire way to do it. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Um, yeah, we just might find out. <laughs> yeah. They're and, still alive now, but yep. And I, I think, I think maybe Rick had a um, told them to do this a certain way, um, and they didn't listen because um, we cut to the kids, right? Will and Holly, and um, Will's like, "We're taking a shortcut across this crevasse." Oh, the goddamn shortcut! Yep, the shortcut. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and Holly's like, "Are you sure?" And Will's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get the water faster, and we'll get back to the cave. This is all going to be great, right?" And so they go across the um, crevasse. I think it doesn't it become known as the crevasse or the in the show. Like I think they refer to it that way at some point in the future. You know, I remember it being called a chasm, but I might oh, be um, I might be misremembering. Okay, it really was a long time ago. Hmm. All right. Um, I mean. Be that as it may, whatever it's called, they go across it, and this is a this is a ge- geological feature that we will see in the show over and over again. This this chasm or this crevasse, um, they cross it many times. There's a lot of crossing mm-hmm. of this crevasse. Um, so uh, they go across, and they end up in this abandoned city. Now, uh, as, as did you? Sorry to interrupt, but yep. did you notice that when they're on the bridge across the yeah. crevasse, Holly picks up a rock, throws it into the crevasse, and then says, yuck. yuck. Yeah, yuck. I wonder yuck. that too. But not only that, um, on this this bridge that they're very scared of, she squats down to the ground yep. and stands up. They're spending an awful lot of time on this scary bridge. Yeah, um, throwing things... Yeah, you figured you'd want to get across it. And yuck. Why yuck? That's another might mystery. Have hit something down there. Maybe it landed into a big hot pile of um, dinosaur poop. <laughs> Someone took a grumpy down there. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, grumpy dropped a grumpy down into the crevasse. That'd be interesting. Yuck. So yuck. yuck All right. Indeed. Yuck. So uh, thanks for pointing that out, Hogshank. That, I noticed that too. Um so they get across, um, and they end up in this abandoned city, what it looks like. And now we'll, we will come to know this is the lost city, I believe, right? 
at some point in the show. Doesn't this yes. come known as the lost city? Right. So, um, they end up in an abandoned city and, um, they see another dinosaur, um, that's not grumpy, a big giant Allosaurus. And, uh, Will, Will likes to point out the obvious. He goes, um, that's a big Allosaurus, <laughs> right? And Holly, um, says, well, I don't know what to call it. Um, do we call it big Al or big Alice? And Will, um, Will says, well, I don't want to get close enough to find out. Right. But then um, he immediately declares to Holly that he's not afraid of um, the lost city. Um, But then immediately they turn tail and run. Right. Now, let's just, I got a little sample of Big Alice here. Let's just hear, let's hear her for a second because we do find out they do eventually name it big alice and this is our introduction to big alice so let's hear her for a second there she is now i was you know big alice sounds a lot to me like a rooster Mm. you ever wonder how they made big alice's noise i think it's a chicken or a rooster that's been processed somehow filtered it's possibly right sounds almost like an elephant to me oh yeah But I mean, um, could just be a guy making that noise. I guess so. There you go. All right. Anyways, so this is Big Alice comes onto the scene and into our hearts and minds for the first time in the show. And um, Big Alice will be a recurring character. All right. So after declaring that they're not afraid of the, he's not afraid of the city, um, Will immediately leads Holly away from the city. Okay, and they head back across the crevasse, right? Now, at this point, we see that um, Shaka or Chaka is following them. And what I really love about this um, scene is that we see that Chaka still has the splint on, his broken leg from episode one. His bandana and stick. Yeah. (laughs) The most ineffective splint in the world, I'll add. Um, but um, but also the most 70s splint you could make. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so we see that. And I kind of like that detail. I actually liked seeing um, um, Shaka with his leg broken. Um, still that, broken. Shaka. Yep. Um, so uh, we see we see Chaka following them. Um, and then we get and um, then we cut to Will and Holly they're kind of in a <clears throat> sitting in the jungle and Will's like, we got to communicate with dad. And he breaks out this little mirror he has around his neck on a lanyard of, of some kind. And he starts um, using it to reflect the sun and he's communicating in Morse code to Rick Marshall. I kind of like that too. Although I was wondering where they got all of these mirrors from. And the message that, Rick is sending them. It's so ornate in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like he's got yep. some shorthand that no one else knows about. But yeah. let's keep in mind that they were going on a routine expedition. Mm-hmm. And I think that you would probably bring signal mirrors like that on a routine expedition. That's true. Um, because, you know, on a routine expedition, you could potentially fall through an interdimensional portal of some kind and need mm-hmm. to communicate across vast distances. Routinely. Using, um, using the um, light of the um, 
sun and three moons. So, <laughs> yes. Now, Chris raises a good point. Will is basically just updating Rick on uh, what's happening. But he sends back a very long message um, in a short amount of time. He tells him to go get the water, right? And then, uh, but to come back and uh, he'll meet them later, he says. I'll meet you later. So after receiving this um, Morse code message back from Rick, the kids head off to get the water. And they end up in this part of the jungle that has um, red sand. Um, and then we get a long, well, we get a, we get a, um, we get a lecture from Will about rust and oxidization. He lectures Holly. So uppity about the oxidization. He, he cares, he cares, he cares deeply about oxidation and he tells Holly all about it. Um, so then we come to this, um, extended sequence that, takes up a lot of time in the episode that I'm not sure they should have dedicated to this, um, where Will and Holly go um, around and around following um, footprints that they believe um, belong to a Pakuni, and Chaka in particular, I think. Um, and it just seems like they spend a lot of time on this in the episode, that kind of old following your own footprints trope. Mm. Yeah, I thought that's I thought the same thing. Um, kind of sloppy writing. Yeah. Um, David David Gerald written all over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it is. It is. It We're is. We're on you, Gerald. Yeah. It is. It's typical Gerald. And um, somebody, you know, maybe the editor was on vacation that week. I'm not sure. But, I mean, they spend about five minutes following their own footprints and Chaka's footprints. And... Um, you know, eventually they come. They come to a point where um, we see a new dinosaur. We get they 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 come they come to another clearing of some kind, and there's a triceratops sitting there named Spike. Um, and uh, Spike Spike charges at them. Um, Did you get yeah. the impression that they knew him? Yeah. Um, they they had seen him. Like they identified him as Spike. Right off the bat, as yeah, they had seen it before. Yeah, and I think um, I think we we learn that um, that this is a dinosaur they've encountered before. Mm-hmm. Um, they've named it um, in between episodes, apparently, and it's Spike. And um, Spike charges at them, and um, then we um, they escape Spike, and then. Um, they um, after after having already met up with Chaka, Will decides to um, cut off um, Chaka's splint. <laughs> right. So, well, yeah, we got bandanas all over the damn place. We can cut yeah. these two. Yeah, we, we, we don't need them again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of, in any routine expedition, you bring your your box of bandanas. It's like a tissue box. They just go to the bandana district. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get a couple pallets. The the. The land of the lost is full of bandana trees. Yeah. <laughs> They're native, yes. Yes. Um, so anyways, yeah. Um, um, so they cut off... Um, so anyways, they Will decides to cut off Chaka's splint, destroying the, the, the bandana, which we know are disposable, and um, Chaka asks for some water. Osu, again, we hear more Pakuni. 
I want some osu. Um, and then Will and Holly are like, all right, we're getting out of here. And they tell Chaka to go home. Go home, Chaka. Right? Um, now, the thing that I think was funny is when Chaka gets up to leave himself, we see that uh, part of the splint is still attached to his leg. So Will couldn't even cut the couldn't even cut the splint off. Reckless, Will. Yeah, very reckless. He was he was he was focused on he was whining like usual, and he did not do a good job of cutting off the splint. That's what I noticed. Anything about this? Anything else about this scene stand out to you, um, you gentlemen? No. I mean, I could have used some more following the footprints around. <laughs> yeah, another uh, two or three minutes of that hog shank. Yeah, yeah, another um, another three or four times around the uh, circle. Yep. Well, in case in case you needed um, more um, going around in the circle, following footprints, I'll, you'll be glad to know that we cut to a scene where Will and Holly are once again heading across the crevasse. Right. Sure. <laughs> it's a shortcut that you have yeah. to go over seven times. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they're heading over this thing again, right? We see the crevasse again. We're getting plenty of crevasse in this episode. And I'm not sure why they didn't call the episode the crevasse. All up in yeah. your crevasse. Yeah, up to this point, we haven't seen a single slee stack or slee stack god in the episode titled The Slee Stack God, but we've seen lots of crevasse. So we've so they're heading across the crevasse again and they emerge in a jungle. Okay? A misty, misty jungle. And uh, Will, this time, he um, he begrudgingly admits that they're lost, right? Then Chaka shows back up. So he comes springing out of the underbrush. Um, and um, they turn around, and they're, behind them, there's this, like, cliff wall, and there's writing on the wall in big white letters. And it looks like it was written by a human, obviously. It says, beware of Sleestack. So enter, enter the Sleestack. Right, not not in the show, but this is the first time we're being introduced to the concept of slee stacks. Okay, we don't know what they are yet, uh, but there it is written on the wall. Um, now um, they see this, um, and um, Will and Holly they read it out loud. They're like, "Beware of slee stack," you know. And Chaka hears this, um, he starts jumping up and down, going. Salisa Taka! Salisa Taka! Salisa Taka! Right? And Will and Holly are like, huh. Um, um, and Chaka runs away. And Will and Holly are like, hmm, we better follow Chaka. Uh, so they do. Um, so um, once they leave the clearing, um, then the slee stack actually emerge out of the woods. Um, and we get to see them, and they're doing their slee stack thing, right? Slee stack reveal. Yep, we get the slee stack reveal, and I gotta say, I still love the slee stack as a creature. Oh yeah, the design of it is yeah. amazing. Total package. Yeah, I love the. Um, did you know a little bit of trivia that they hired um, ex NBA basketball players? To be the slee stack, because they needed like wow. really tall, like skinny. Um, they have people. perspective mastered in this world. So. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, um, I just love them. I, I love their whole. I love the way they move. Mm -hmm. You know, their with crazy their crazy claws. With their crazy claws, I love their big insect-like eyes. I love the point that pointy head. Mm -hmm. 
Like, and even though you can tell it's like a rubber costume, they are still terrifying. I and think yeah, it's a great design. Put a fair amount of detail into it. It's, it was definitely iconic. That was definitely what yeah. stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, so enter the Slee stack. Um, and so we cut to, then we cut to a scene where um, Shaka is still jumping around, screaming about Slee stacks. Right, he's doing his whole Salisa Staka, Salisa Staka thing. Um, and then Will and Holly come out of the jungle um, into the city ruins, right? Um, they emerge by the lost city once again. Um, but then they um, then they get um, attacked by the Slee Stacks. So the Slee Stacks grab um, Will and Holly. And then we then we cut to a scene of Big Alice. Big Alice screeches. And then then it fades to black. Then it all fades to black. I think this is another commercial in the, in the show. So, uh, were you going to say something Hogshank? I was not. Okay. Um, Chris, any any anything you want to say about this? Uh, I, something really dawned on me actually. Yeah. Uh, the the sound the sleeve stacks make is pretty incredibly memorable for oh yeah a kid, um, but having heard it recently reabsorbing this series, uh, there was always something that's it's the sleeve stacks sound reminded me of something and it was killing me yeah and uh, and I just got an image of Roger Waters out of nowhere like oh uh, my god the ooh. singer from Pink Floyd yeah when he's uh, the beginning of um, another brick on the wall part two yeah. He like does that scream before they go into the, the first chorus. Yeah, or uh, live in Pompeii, he does it a whole bunch. Yep. Um, it's Roger Waters. Maybe they they took a page from Pink Floyd. Huh. That'd be interesting. Uh, Roger Waters. I'll get the I'll get the sound side yeah. by side for an episode coming up, and we can. Yeah, let's do that. That would be interesting. I'll do that. I uh, so, um, I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, but mm-hmm. I never noticed that. That would be interesting. Yeah, let's do that. You'll, um, you won't be able to not hear it next time you hear that sound. Okay. Give, um, give, it, a, give it a punch now. <laughs> right, I'm not hearing it. All right. Well, I'm not hearing I'll it right now. I'll, I'll but, win you over. Um, and um, if anybody else out there, any of our fans, um, are in agreement with Chris, let us know on the socials, okay, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, maybe we'll do a poll at some point. Um, but, um, we'll have a future comparison. Okay. Now, um, Will and Holly has, they've been captured by these slee stacks. We've heard, we've heard big Alice screech and Chaka, um, runs back across the crevice. So once again, we've got the crevice. I think the, the crevice deserves top billing in this episode. I agree. Um, Yep. Um, so back across the crevice, uh, Shaka goes, um, and he finds Rick. And this is where we and and he's and he's yelling to Rick about Weera, Hari, Salisa Staka. He's running around and he's babbling some other stuff in Pakuni that um, we don't know about. And I think this might be an interesting point to mention that um, the show and the producers actually hired a linguist to invent. Um, a language for Chaka and the other Pakuni to use. Hmm. Um, yeah, and if you look in the, the closing credits, I think you'll see that. It says something like linguist. 
Um, so Chuck is yelling and screaming in Pacuni, um, and he's going, Weera, hurry, Salisa Staka. And out of that, um, out of that melange of Pacuni, right, uh, Rick is able to ascertain that the kids might be in trouble. Right. Yeah, it's kind of the lassie effect. Mm. Yep. Kind of, yep. Yep. What's that? <laughs> um, so guess where they go after this? Anyone want to guess? I really hope it's the shortcut. Yep. Back across the crevasse, <laughs> the shortcut. So here we go. Once again, uh, back across the crevasse. <laughs> okay. And um, we cut to a scene then where um, Will and Holly are in a cave. Um, and they're hanging in a net, um, above a smoky pit that has a moaning monster in it. Okay. Um, Will complain, starts complaining a lot about not wanting to be eaten. Not Will. Yep. Not Will. Not, yep. He's complaining. This is, this is unlike him. Um, you know, and then um, then we go to a scene. So this this whole, this episode cuts a lot back and forth between different scenes um, between Rick and Shaka and Will and Holly. Um, so we go back to another scene where Shaka is bringing Rick into the clearing that has the handwriting on the the rock wall that says "Beware of Slee Stack." Um, and then Shaka starts jumping up and down again and yelling "Salisa Staka! Salisa Staka!" Right. And um, it's tugging on Rick and Rick follows um, Chaka towards the abandoned city. Okay. So at this point, we go back to the cave um, that Will and Holly are in, in their net. And Will is like, um, let's break out of this thing. Let's break out of this net. And he begins tearing at the net with his hands. Now, it's a very nice net. It's a very nice net. Um, but. Um, just, uh, made just, of discarded banana, uh, bandanas, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. which brings me to my point. I mean, he didn't hesitate for a second to whip out his knife and, you know, slice up a perfectly good bandana. Um, but you know, a captivity net. No, let's, let's rip it apart with our hands, not use the knife hanging on our belt. And they didn't take the knife or his sweet ass gold chains. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's right. Yeah, no, they left the gold chains on him. Um, they have so, no need for him. Yeah, um, but I, I was, I actually rewound and watched it a couple times. I'm like dead set certain that Will still has got that stupid knife on his belt. Like I think I saw it, it, but it doesn't even occur to him to check for the knife. Eh? That you know, what's a knife? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, what good's a knife? Um, if only for just for cutting bandanas apparently <laughs> so um so um so they get out of the net and will's like oh we've got a long way to jump holly get ready right we're gonna swing the net i'm gonna cut it we're gonna swing the net and we're gonna get out but it doesn't really actually look like all that long away he just kind of he cuts the net and he just kind of steps out of it onto the yeah. um, the edge i know at this point they're both out of the they're both out of the net getting ready to leave and then the Slee stacks come back and um, attack Will and Holly again. So we then cut again back to Chaka and Rick. Chaka is dragging Rick towards the lost city at this point. Um, Big Alice, we see her again. She screeches. 
Okay. Um, then Chaka starts yelling at Rick about Otto, 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 and he picks up a stick. Um, and he's, um, you know, sticking it in Rick's uh, face. And Rick finally figures out, oh, Chaka wants me to make a torch. Oh. Yep. Um, I have to say, Chaka is very good at getting his ideas across, even though sharing um, not much language which, with Rick. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I think he, um, I actually think he does it in kind of a believable way. Yeah. Um, and like I said, in, like I said in episode, in our review of episode one, I actually think up to this point, um, <clears throat> the writers have done like a remarkably good job, like handling Chaka. Like I really like the mm-hmm. way he's written. Um, so, um, so, so um, we get the idea that Rick is going to make a torch out of this stick and his lighter. And then we cut back to the monster pit. Will and Holly are back in the net. Right. Mm-hmm. And this time the, uh, the slee stack have wrapped some flimsy looking rope around it. <laughs> right. To, knife, to, knife proof, uh, knife proof rope. Yep. <laughs> some knife, yep. Knife proof rope. Um, you know, it doesn't, it, it, it just looks like the slee stack just didn't even care. They're just, you know, I don't know. I wasn't impressed. Yeah, let's, throw, let's throw some rope on him. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. That'll stop him. You know, and maybe maybe the slee stack should have wrapped up Will and Holly with the rope and then thrown them inside the net. You know, I just just yeah, I don't know. Just lazy, um, yeah, just lazily circling the outside of the net with mm-hmm. this piece of rope. I didn't didn't <laughs> didn't. Well, sh- Given the fact that when they first cut to Will and Holly in the net, uh, Holly was asleep. I don't think the flea stack had a lot to worry about. Oh, that's right. Yep, she was asleep. Um, Now, at this point, um, Will Will says, Will tells, he wakes up Holly, um, to Hogshag's point, um, and he says he, he wishes the monster would just eat them. And Holly's like, why? And he's like, because I just want to know what it is. Yeah, so I, I want to be consumed by this horrible creature, so I know what it looks like. Well, at least you're you're gonna go content. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah. That's so if it eats, that if it that that's if it eats some feet first. Yeah, we don't know. Right. What happens if it just uh, he falls into the pit and it grabs him by the face? Yeah, oh. What if this monster is very disappointing? Yeah. Um, I'm getting eaten by this thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So after Will, after Will um, tells Holly he wishes that uh, the monster would just eat him, um, the kids remark about how bad it smells. The monster. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that we was go- a nice touch. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it added some believability. Um, all right. So then we go back. Um, now Chaka and Rick are inside the tunnels of the lost city. Okay. Um, and, uh, Rick's got his torch. Okay. Um, and then they get attacked by one slee stack. Okay. A slee stack comes after Rick. Um, and he jabs at it with a torch. And I think at this point we become aware that the slee stacks are vulnerable to fire and light. They, they, they don't particularly like fire or light, I think. Maybe not light, because they do. We do see them in the daylight, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Here, here and there. So maybe it's just fire vulnerability. Um. So we establish that in the context of the show. Um, that the slee stacks hate fire. Um. Now Rick, Rick is waving this torch around, screaming, "Well, Holly, 
hey, right? The kids hear him, right? Um, and then they, they start yelling. Will starts screaming, like, um, God bless Wesley Yor. Um, the pipes he, on that kid. Yep. He, young Wesley Yor, I mean, he's really selling the whole dad thing. He's screaming, Dad! Dad! Right? So Rick hears them screaming, and they get led to the um, they get led to the pit. Um, now um, they get into the room um, where the kids are hanging above the pit um, with the net, and Rick gives um, Rick gives Chaka the torch, and Chaka's in there. He's I mean, God bless this Chaka. He's, he's trainable. I'll yep, just, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. He's fighting these slee stack with this torch. He's you know. He's really giving it all he's got for a pacuni with a recovering leg injury. Got a lot of muscle. Yep, he's got mo- he's 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 working it. Um, now Rick um, hands Will a knife to cut the net. Um, now while all this is happening, Chaka gets Chaka gets swarmed. You know, a little a little guy like him can only do so much. You know, he's got slee stack on him. Um, it looks like it's going to be the end of Chaka, but then. Um, Rick, Rick turns over, um, jumps into the fray, grabs the torch from Chaka, um, but in a clumsy moment, the torch tumbles into the pit, Mm-mm. right? But then there's a f- giant fiery explosion, okay? Um, we hear the monster moan again. It clearly, like the slee stacks, doesn't like fire. Um a big burst of light comes out of the pit. Um, the slee stacks, they all, they they run away, you know, they don't like the light, so they flee the area. Um, and then Rick manages to pull the kids out of the net. I kind of like this whole sequence. Um, and I love this moment. My- yeah, go ahead, Hogshank. I said, I have in my notes that Rick looks bored during the whole fight. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Um, but um, I think I was, I think I was so concerned about Shaka and that poor mm. little, poor little guy given it is all. Um, How deep do you think that pit is? I think it's pretty deep. Not quite a thousand feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nine hundred and ninety-eight. Feet. Yeah. Um, so, um, so Rick pulls these kids out of the net, right? Um, and they turn around, um, to see where Chaka is. And of course he's sitting over there playing with that damn lighter again. Yeah. He right? did not forget about that lighter. Yeah. And that's he's pretty tripped out by that lighter. Yeah. Completely. He like loves my, it. my kid with an iPad. Yeah. He, blank faced. Yep. Flickering. <laughs> And He's so waiting for his chance to grab that lighter and take off. Yeah, it's a Rick, bored Rick, who was half-assing it during the fight with the slee stack, right? While Chaka was doing all the hard work, then just scolds Chaka because Chaka ha- was interested in this lighter, using some dad energy. Yeah, Chaka. Yep, and you're then, not my dad, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Chaka, you know, he, Rick screams at Chaka, you know, hey, give me that, you. Um, <laughs> and then they all run out of the pit area. Okay. And guess guess what the next scene is. You guessed it. I know you know. We cut to the next scene. Grumpy's going over the shortcut. 
Yep, grumpy. Yeah, we're back at the crevasse. All right. You all knew it. We're back at the crevasse. Um, so we get across the crevasse. Um, and then for some reason, we have a scene where Chaka licks Will and Holly's arm. And then he runs off into the woods without much explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. And then the kid, um, then the kids are like, oh, we want to go home. Right. Um, And then Rick, ever the, um, ever the disciplinarian and never losing sight of of an objective. Right. Says we, we started this episode wanting to get some water says, aren't we forgetting something kids? Yep. Hands on secretly hips. thinking to my son, secretly thinking to himself, um, can't believe these kids are still alive. Better send them back out again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they all have a good laugh. Oh, oh dad. dad. Yep. Um, oh my golly. And um, when we fade, to, then we fade to the credits, and then our um, our closing theme song. They never got the damn water. Yep. But I guarantee you, they went back over that crevasse again. So you know. Getting into the water thing, um, as going over my notes from the last episode. Okay. There's a scene where Will wakes up in the morning um, uh, to go out of the cave and presumably to go to the bathroom. It's the first thing most people do when they wake up in the morning. And yep. he washes his hands with the water before he leaves. Huh. To explain why they keep running out. Yeah. They should have um non-potable water source for hand washing. A rain barrel or something. Yeah, a rain barrel. Yeah. They shouldn't be using their drinking water. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I gotta tell you, this is this is just sloppy writing. Mm. Yep. Um and these are these are the kind of details I think um that we would um we would reconcile in a, in a modern telling of the show. They might not be banking on being there for long, you know. They the let's Let's get out of here. They're not planning that way. That's true. In episode one, Rick addresses that. He said, you know, I think he does say to them, you know, we got in here. There's got to be a way out. We'll find it. It may take us um, a day or two, but we'll we'll get out of here, kids. Yeah. Um, and also, to be fair, I'm pretty sure when uh, David Gerald sat down to write this episode, he had no idea people would be podcasting about it 45 years in the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, um <clears throat> So what did we think about this episode? I liked it. I thought it was good. Strong. Oh, Very yeah. strong episode. Yeah. It's uh, got a lot of the elements that we came for. Yep. Yep. Um, crevasses. Crevasses. Yep. yep. Monsters that we can see. Monsters we can't see. <laughs> That's right. Stacks, iconic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, like, iconic monster. Yep. Introduced not... for the first time. Yep. Um, so the introduction of the Slee Stack, and I kind of like... I kind of like the um, the foreshadowing, you know, the writing on the well. Sorry, it's not quite foreshadowing, but the literal writing on the wall for the slee stacks. And then um, I really like the way they sell Chaka's dread mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. slee stack. You know, like the, the, these are something he knows about, and they're horrifying. And let's hope we don't run into any of these things. Um, but you know, they introduce the fact that um, <clears throat> somebody had to have been there to write that slee stack warning. Yes, so, in English. They inter- yeah, right. So they introduced the fact that um, English-speaking humans have been there before. Yeah, and you pointed this out um, in episode one, Hogshank. It's one of these kind of unwritten, uh, or sorry, um, yeah, unwritten themes of the the show that 
is actually really good about um, strong, it really indicates strong writing, right? It's not on the nose. Um, they just kind of leave us as the viewers to kind of like figure that out, right? You know, we don't thankfully get um, Will <clears throat> going, hey, Holly, look, this means somebody must have been here before us, right? They spoke English. And they wrote yeah. this in chalk. Yeah. They, must be, they must have chalk. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a sign of really, really good writing that this show was doing. Um, it's kind of letting us um, see these things and wonder about them. Um, the many nuances of the, yeah. the lost universe. Yeah. Um, let's see. The end of the lost universe. Yeah, and I love Big Alice. Like, I, I love the introduction of Big Alice. I think that was great. Um, <clears throat> she's one of my favorite um, dinosaurs in this show. You know what puzzles me is how yeah. are they so adept at identifying all the different dinosaurs and what they are? Yeah. Um, dinosaur field manual. You bring that on you on any routine what expedition. What kind of expedition are they going on? Yeah, like Audubon's um, bird um, Bible. Yeah, they've got a... Uh, Hang on, it's right yeah. here. Oh, it says right here on page 32. It's an Allosaurus. Um, yeah, um, so we got Big Alice. That's a big win for us as viewers of the show. Um, and also um, Spike. We see Spike, right? That was in this episode. We talked about that. So this is four named dinosaurs I think we have so far? Yes, yep. Spot, um, Spike, Grundy, and Alice. That's right, yep. <clears throat> so um, our land of the lost world is beginning. It's It's growing. Our dinosaur world is growing, um, so I like that. Uh, but yeah, good, good, strong episode. Good, strong episode. So, um, I don't think I have any other impressions about the show. No, it's just a blockbuster. There's a lot yeah. going on, a lot of traveling, a lot of uh, action. Yeah. I feel like I do feel like we got a lot more of Will's chest in this episode. Did anybody else notice that? Not only that, but yeah. his buttons would button and unbutton at will at will <laughs> that's right yeah he, he would keep he would lose the lowest one so and then the next scene it would be back buttoned again so shirt button continuity is something we we want them to be paying more attention to i think in the modern version we're gonna have All to right. pay a lot better attention to buttons. should we expand our wesley watch to include <laughs> two shirt buttons. I think we got another Absolutely. segment. Absolutely. This is All important. Right. <laughs> okay, we're we're gonna expand our Wesley watch to now include um, shirt buttons. So um, to to our listeners, um, we want you to to help us with this. Um, point out any um, point out anything um, we need to be aware of in terms of shirt buttons as we're going along, okay? All right. Um, <clears throat> now, um, Hogshank and Chris, um, is there anything we want to remark upon right now about um, where we would be with this show um, if we were making it now? Um, I think we touched again a little bit on how um, things would have been um, much more uh, explained in a modern retelling. Yeah. Uh, a lot less left to the viewer's imagination. You think there would be less left to the viewer's yeah, imagination? Yeah, I think there would be yeah. much, much more exposition. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think um, about this. Um, <clears throat> I feel like, I think you might be right. And I feel like we would have gotten a lot more of the Lost City. And I think actually less is more. <clears throat> it feels really um, mysterious to me. And I kind of like that. And I feel like, I feel like a modern version of this might have leaned into that a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think we may have, I think we may have been shown the Slee Stack God if they were retelling it now. Mm -hmm. And I think that would have, I think that maybe you made this point already, but I think that would have worked against what made this episode so effective. Like just hearing it was scary enough. I'm wondering, oh, this is like the, the animal at the bottom of the pit. Yeah, 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 yeah the Sleestack God. I gotcha. think, and I think, I think that creature in the pit is what we're meant to think is the Sleestack God. Yeah. So, right. Was they, they never actually refer to that as the Sleestack God. No, they don't. You're right. But I'm just making the connection now that perhaps Wesley and Holly were an offering. Yes. To. Yeah. Yeah. Do we think that that's what was going on? Probably, I right? Think, I think that's now, exactly what was going on. Yeah. I think there were sacrifices. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, one thing... Yeah, so I think that's good. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm going to... Um, I think I'm going to transition us here into... Um, a um a little bit of stuff that's going on in the land of the lost um fan community uh, somebody Uh-oh. posted some yeah somebody um let's see if i can let's see if i can play this the whole of no return, the whole, so the whole of no return is what we call this segment it's where we go to the land of the lost fans to see what they think is going on we read um their messages to us or we play interesting things that fans are saying and posting so here this we go this is the whole Okay, the hole of no return, just like the pit that the Sleestack God lives in. We go to our we go to our fans to see what they're saying. So, I thought this was really interesting. Our fans, uh, (laughs) um, unseen monsters. Yes, yes, they're all all unseen monsters. Um, Now, fans, even though Hogshank Hanks hates you, I don't. Just so you know. Hogshank is making himself the um, creature at the bottom of the pit of the Routine Expedition podcast. He's becoming the the villain of the podcast. Unseen. Uh Calling in. We don't know what's on the other end of that phone. Yeah, we have no idea. (laughs) He does live in a swamp. It's true, I do. But fans, I love you all. And I thank you for all uh, your comments and constructive criticism. All right. So <clears throat> here's a little something a fan posted that I thought was interesting. Um, this, this, this person's name is Clayton B. I won't say their last name. Um, and they posted a video of a hotel door that they claim sounds like Big Alice. Okay? So I'm going to okay. first play a soundbite of Big Alice, and then we're going to play this hotel door, okay? All right, so here's Big Alice. Hold on. Here's Big Alice. Okay, now here's the hotel door that Clayton B. posted. Okay, he's walking up to the door. 
It's going to open it. Here we go. <laughs> Did we hear that? <laughs> we'll play it one more time. Uncan the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, here we go. One more time. Here's the door. Okay. What do we think? I think the resemblance <clears throat> is definitely there. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, recognizing that um, Land of the Lost, the Land of the Lost has lots of um, variability around scaling, could Big Alice actually be hiding inside of that door hinge? I think so. <laughs> it's a tiny little Big Alice. And she's just screaming every time the door opens? Yeah. Because it's pinching her tail or something? Yeah. One more time. One more time. <laughs> Let's see if we can hear it. Here we go. One more time. Whoops. Here we go. Okay, here, here. Got, and they're walking up to the door. All right. Let's see. I'm going to really pump up the volume. I think, yep. Here's yep. the here's actual Big Alice. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, there. Yep. All right. Definitely well, there. Thank you, Clayton B., for um, posting that video um, out on the internet and discovering that. Definite kudos for making that connection. Yep, yep. We should go back to that hotel um, and search for a tiny little Big Alice um, that might be living in or around that door hinge and getting its tail pinched. The tiniest of Big Alices. Yes. <clears throat> and um, I think that's it. I think that's all we got, folks, for um, right. our second episode. Two episodes. Two episodes Two in. Two episodes in the can. Yep. So um, our next one will be in May. Okay. We're doing these monthly, in case you haven't figured out yet. Um, that's when we're going to be doing these. And uh, um, hopefully they're worth waiting for. So um, <clears throat> what we want to say to folks is uh, thank you for listening. Um and of course, thanks to our friend Joshua Michael Stewart for writing our theme music. You can find him on you can find him <clears throat> on Instagram at Joshua underscore Michael underscore Stewart or at www.joshuamichaelstewart.com. So he wrote our theme music. Thanks, Josh. And um, you can follow us on Instagram at Land of the Lost pod we have a facebook page and group called routine expedition a land of the lost podcast you can engage with us there so chris hogshank myself um <clears throat> we're all watching what's happening there um and you can find me sawtooth frank on my other podcast it's a weekly podcast called the soft serve podcast um and I'll ask Chris if he has anything he wants to plug right now. Uh, I'd like to s plug the Soft Serve podcast. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. It's a, it's a very good one. I'm going to give you a grumpy for that. Hold on. All right, enough of this theme music. A grumpy. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, what about you, um, Hog Shop? Nothing for me. Nothing for you. Okay. So. Nothing for me. <clears throat> All right, so um, we're going to say to people, um, thanks. Subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Download our episodes. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And thanks for listening. 
Thanks, guys. And we will Thanks, be back, and we will be back in May for season one, episode three. And if there's something specific you want to hear about that, just reach out to us on the the socials and the interwebs, and uh, let us know. Um, otherwise, um, we'll see you around. Bye now. Take care.